Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading. Today, looking at one of my favorite chapters in all of Scripture, Romans chapter 6. Here goes. What shall we say then? Shall we keep on sinning so that grace may increase? Absolutely not. We died to sin. How can we go on living in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him by this baptism into his death, so that just as he was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too would also walk in a new life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be united with him in the likeness of his resurrection. We know that our old self was crucified with him to make our sinful body powerless so that we would not continue to serve sin. For the person who has died has been declared free from sin. And since we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that since Christ has been raised from the dead, he will never die again. Death no longer has control over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, also consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its desires. Do not offer the members of your body to to sin as tools of unrighteousness. Instead, offer yourselves to God as those who are alive from the dead, and offer the members of your body to God as tools of righteousness. Indeed, sin will not continue to control you, because you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we continue to sin, because we are not under law, but under grace? Absolutely not. Do you not know that when you offer yourselves to obey someone as slaves, you are slaves of the one you are obeying, whether slaves of sin, resulting in death, or slaves of obedience, resulting in righteousness? Thanks be to God, that although you used to be slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to the pattern of teaching into which you were placed. Although you were set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in a human way because of the weakness of your flesh. Indeed, just as you offered your members as slaves to impurity and lawlessness, resulting in more lawlessness, so now offer your members in the same way as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. And the final result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the undeserved gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of our God. Chapter 6, Baptism. Paul again deals with the question of what some have called or termed cheap grace. Well, if there's no, no condemnation hanging over our heads, then why should we, why should we stop sinning? If God will forgive me, why does it matter what I do? Should we go on sinning so that grace may increase? If I keep on sinning, then then God can God can increase his grace. God can be more gracious by forgiving me again and again and again. Wouldn't my sinning then bring glory to God by demonstrating his graciousness? What kind of backwards thinking that is, Paul says. Chapter verse two. We died to sin. How can we go on living in it any longer? And here, in chapter 6, he really takes on the question of baptism. He says, 
all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. And throughout this entire section, the very first time that we have an active verb is in verse 11. In verses 1 through 10, um, especially, well, verses 3 through 10, where he, he gives us the, the reason that baptism is motivation for proper Christian living. Verses 3 through 10, all of the verbs are passive, meaning this happened to you. God did this to you. You were buried. You were raised. You were united with Jesus. All of these passive verbs to demonstrate that we had no, um, no doing of it ourselves, no word or say or action that was part of our sanctified living, but it was all God's work. That's the point that he makes again and again and again. Baptism is God's work, and baptism as God's work is God's work to create a new life and to keep you in that new life. Um, you were buried with Jesus by this baptism into his death. That's not just a symbolic thing. That's a reality. There's no sense of symbolism here. Paul's not telling a parable um, or using simile or metaphor. He's talking about actual reality. You have been united with Jesus in his death. Jesus died to sin. You died with him. So why can we go back to, to sin? You were raised with Jesus, and in being raised from the dead, or in raising himself from the dead, same thing, um, Bible talks both ways, in being raised from the dead, Jesus was declared to be free from any, any lingering punishment of sin, and in his resurrection, you and I are also free. And so Paul says, you know what, you're buried with Jesus, you were raised with Jesus, and you have a new life with Jesus. Verse 11, we finally get to the first verb, um, active verb. In the same way, also, consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Count yourself as one who is dead to sin. Um, this, isn't, this is the furthest thing that you might find from a motivational speech. It's just somebody going through the facts. This happened, and this happened, and this happened. And verse 11 is finally the statement of this is how you should think about yourself in this, this new world where you are dead to sin. Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Absolutely not. You died to that. And Paul goes on to say in the, very, the next half of the chapter, really, um, that there is every reason to rejoice in our slavery to God. Because he takes up the question... In verse 15, shall we continue to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Again, if the preaching of God's grace is so gracious, then, you know, there's no reason not to sin. I can just get away with it. Um, it's kind of the way that the unbeliever talks, kind of the way that the, the pagans believe. And, and this is exactly the question that Paul takes up. Scripture isn't afraid of addressing these questions head on. And so the previous portion, he talked about um, being, being raised to life with Christ Jesus and you died to sin and you are not a slave to sin. And that's the idea where he goes in this second half, that although you used to be slaves to sin, um, you are now set free from slavery to sin and now you're a slave to righteousness. 
In the first part of this chapter, he talked about being set free from sin through death. And now he talks about being set free from sin for the purpose of righteousness. You are a slave to righteousness. And so as a Christian, you've been, you've been set free from sin for the purpose of bringing glory to God. And his point is that willful, continual sinning does not bring glory to God, especially when we try to use God's grace as an excuse to sin. And then finally, he says, pragmatically, let's think about this just a minute. What good did you reap from that life of sin? What joy, happiness, peace, patience, love, and a happy, peaceful conscience did you ever reap from sin? And yes, God does turn sinful actions around for good purposes, but how much better wouldn't it be if we lived according to God's law in the first place and sought to honor God with lives of righteousness, offering ourselves to him as, as his slaves? And so Paul really concludes the chapter with that, that well-known verse that, you know, we see it throughout our catechism and even those who don't believe in the power of baptism will quote this one for the wages of sin is death but the undeserved gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord but let's leave that in context the wages of sin truly is death death but this undeserved gift of god actually is given in baptism it's an undeserved gift freely given to you and to me the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's what God actually gives to somebody in baptism. Because all the verbs in this, in this chapter point to it. You were baptized, you were buried, you were raised. Now think of yourself and remember yourself as one who has been raised from death and raised for righteousness. <laughs>